It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. I brought up Yamamoto because that is, I think, the other piece that they are going after here, the Dodgers, as they try to build this super rotation. I know that we all would like Yamamoto on our team, but John Heyman is reporting that the Dodgers and the Yankees, at least to him, are the co-favorites. He's still meeting with teams, though. He was meeting with Philadelphia today. We don't know if he's met with the Blue Jays. It is reported that he was going to meet with the Blue Jays. Robbie, maybe you have some details on the Red Sox because he was supposed to be meeting with the Red Sox. I have not seen if that has actually happened or not. Um, Let's kick it. Rob, Robbie, let, let me kick it to you first, and then we'll circle back to Wardy. Um, This Yamamoto thing, where do you think he's going? Do you think the Red Sox have a prayer? I'm going to say this. If he doesn't go to the Red Sox, if he goes to the freaking Phillies, I can't. I I need I need to see that stream, please. It's that'd be. He's not going to Philly. They they just they had they had to entertain the Phillies because they know they have money to work with. He's not mm-hmm. going. If he oh, does, if he does, Dave I'll be the Rouse. first to say I'm sorry. I'm never and doing I regret it. Everything. I will never count out dealing Dave. I just won't ever do mm-hmm. it because every right. time you do, he takes offense to it and he freaking does it. He does the freaking thing. They man. got a Bryce Harper extension to worry about because the voice of the market right. is, isn't in his favor anymore. <laughs> We're talking one win away from the World Series for the second straight year. I'm just saying, man, they got Wheeler coming off the books. They Don't do. ever, ever let your guard down on Dave Dabrowski. Okay. I'm just saying. We'll see. Yeah. I just think it would be popcorn worthy if that stream of yours happens. That Not for my heart. Yes. Agree. <laughs> we all have to wait. We have to wait for Wardy's open before anybody else can go live. We all have to <laughs> just, just, we can set it up. We need a Phillies guy on here. Wait. We need a Phillies guy. We need, to, we need to get Doug on here for the dog. We need to do just a Yamamoto roundtable. Anyway. That's not but, a bad idea. With the Red Sox, you know, everyone's been saying right now, like there's no chance the Red Sox are getting him. I think it is more, you're just not hearing a lot about them. And I think they're purposely trying not to put anything out there. We had Chris Cotillo. He actually put it on X a little earlier. Man, it'd be nice if the Red Sox threw a bone, like threw something out there, something to get the Red Sox fans hopeful about something. But then it's like you go back to last offseason, everyone's complaining that they were having interest in all these guys. And now it's like we're not hearing anything. and People are still complaining. I don't know. But I think the Red Sox, I don't know what to think, honestly. I just know they have made they have made surprises in the past. And that's the one thing I will hang on to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well could be Dodgers, Yankees, even the Mets. The Mets could absolutely have a better chance. They actually went to freaking Japan and had some sushi with the guys. So we didn't And some escargot. Well, well, I mean, I'm just saying. So I don't really know where the Red Sox are, but I do know when I have had that feeling in the past with guys like Dice K, with even guys like David Price, like I'm just like, oh my God. And then we win the sweepstakes. I'm like, oh my God, we did it. We freaking did it. And I just know I've had that feeling before when the Red Sox are quiet. That to me is, uh, and that's not coming from a Red Sox point of view. That's just coming from just being a baseball fan for all these years, right? When they're quiet, you, you don't want to count them out. I'm not saying they'll do it, but I think they're in it. Uh, I think they're in it more than people think. I just wonder what's going on with these other teams. You know, the Mets obviously have a very strong case, very strong case. Obviously, they got the money. You got Senga right there, too. The Yankees, obviously, they're really pushing. You know, they have everything going for them. They have the legacy. They have the money, right? They could use someone else in that rotation, you know, with Rodon with a bad year. Um, Are the Giants realistic, right? He would be a star there. He would be the guy. So, you know, I really don't know what to think right now with Yamamoto. Every team has a very good argument to get him. I just wonder what it what it comes down to is it is going to be a bidding war. And we actually had a rumored bid from the Yankees for today from Carlos Baerga back at it with his usual. <laughs> but he's speech. had some stuff before. Some. And this is kind of a weird one to just throw out there. It's like nine at 304 for the Yankees. I'm like, that's kind of a weird one to throw out there. I feel like there could be something to that. I don't know. I think it's going to come down to who is going to tap out when it comes to the offers, because it's going to keep going. Right. And I think it's going to, who is going to hang it. it we know the Mets have the money. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to, do they, are they going to be comfortable going to that? Do they think it's going to be worth it to go possibly even 10 years for, you know, a guy that's never thrown a pitch. Right. That's what I think it's going to come down to who is going to last the longest, like the Mr. Beast videos. Who's going to keep their hand on the plane the longest. So that's what I really think it's going to be. So when when does Mr. Beast do the video where uh, Yamamoto's standing on a on a tarmac and all of these uh, owners <laughs> are standing there with their with their hands on a, a part of his body and and the last owner GM to take their hand off of Yamamoto is the team that gets him. I think maybe Toronto would have a shot in that scenario. Outside of that, I don't know. Um, Wardy, let's kick it to you. I feel like the Mets are going to set the price here. Whether they're not considered a co-favorite by John Heyman or not, uh, Michael Moreno was tweeting that this he's going to go to the high bidder. And I feel like there's no way in the world that Steve Cohen won't be the high bidder. Give me your thoughts. So I'm going to give a quick rundown without going on a tangent on like the pros and cons for each team that's being taken seriously, okay? Because I really think it's important because a lot of teams have a really good shot at Yamamoto. And the biggest question mark we have is what is his number one priority? Is it dollars? Is it preference? Is it the championship culture that the Yanks, the Red Sox, the Dodgers have displayed throughout their history? Is it headlining a rotation, not being overshadowed by others on the roster? That's another question, too. Like, there are a lot of these factors that come into play. So I'll start with the Mets. What is to their advantage to having the richest owner in baseball? I'm very confident that Steve Cohen will have the highest offer on the table because the Mets, you can argue, have the most to lose should they not land Yamamoto either. Unlike a lot of these other contending teams that will show an aggressiveness to pursue and uh, potential pivots, whether that's Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Shota Imanaga, et cetera, 
the desperation factor won't be as heavy with the Mets because they're not going to allocate all the dollars that they would be investing in Yamamoto elsewhere. They're not going to do this Artie Marino type mindset where, oh, I just lost out on Garrett Cole or Zach Wheeler. That means I'm going to put it all into Anthony Rendon, right? They're not going to act like drunken sailors in that sense. So they absolutely, I'm very confident, will have the most money on the table. But will that be enough? I don't know. How much does Kodai Sanger come into play? Having the type of experience he had being a Scion Calvert player in his first year in the bigs, knowing that the Mets are fresh off of a season like that, where they understand what it means to have a six-man rotation, specifically with someone from the MPB. Having Yamamoto would automatically headline the rotation. Senga would not overshadow him by any stretch. And Senga would also be able to help kind of pave the way to get him acclimated and flushing Queens, which is probably the best area for someone of their descent to go to as well, to be comfortable as well. So there's a lot of factors that help the Mets in that regard. Now let's get on to the Yankees briefly. What's in their favor? It's the fact that Brian Cashman thought it'd be cute to hold the number 18 for the past year or two, right? It's having the history that they have. It's knowing that it's the pinstripes. When you think of baseball outside of the States, if you're from Japan, if you're from Australia, if you're from wherever, the first teams that always pop in your head are the Yankees and the Red Sox to the average fan for obvious reasons. So the Yanks have the history. They have the history with Masahiro Tanaka. They have the history with other Japanese players as well, having success. So that definitely bodes in their favor there. But, the Yankees, I do not foresee being the highest bidder on the table. So if it comes down to say the Yankees are around 304 and the Mets are 310, is that enough of a gap to sway Yamamoto to potentially go from the Bronx to Queens or will it need to be 315, 320? Like how much an overpay are we talking here? And on top of that, does Yamamoto want to be in a rotation where he's overshadowed by Garrett Cole for the foreseeable future? Does that matter at all to him? The Red Sox, that he would be the top dog in that rotation. He would rekindle that six-year relationship or so with Matasaki Yoshida. How much does that come into play? The San Francisco Giants, they've had a big trouble learning guys, as Ken Rosenthal said himself, more than just the Giants organization, but the surrounding area. I firmly believe there's truth to that. That should not be understated, as is the case with some other places. But how much of that would be an appeal to him to be against Otani and against the Dodgers for the next decade, right? The Dodgers, they rolled out the red carpet. They showed the stadium, which is what all teams do, might I add. Showed Otani, Freeman, Betts. Why does this hurt for everyone else trying to land him? Because the Dodgers aren't just flexing any players. They're flexing the best players on the planet to just say, hey, compare with me. There's a lot of appeal there. I think after this glass now trade, however, there is a line in the sand on the willingness, the desperation from the Dodgers now versus will not landing someone in glass house caliber. They definitely want Yamamoto, but I don't think that desperation level will be to the extent that it was prior to landing glass. Now they have a cushion now, should they lose out on him? And I think they're very wary of that. Then you get on the Toronto blue Jays. You just got used for leverage twice. Do you want to be a third time? You know, and I don't mean this as, as an insult or anything, but we have to find out reasons to indicate that Yamamoto would go to Toronto. I think he could pitch very well there in that dome, especially is being an MPB pitcher that has to be appealing to a degree. I'd imagine, right? There's familiarity pitching in a ballpark, like what Toronto can provide. However, even if they say throw out, maybe they show the desperation. Maybe they have their Artie Marino moment. We couldn't land Otani, but we had over $600 million on the table. So we're going to throw half that at minimum here to Yamamoto and hope for the best. Maybe that could get it done. Then the Chicago Cubs, they've been sneaky in the mix. I wouldn't count them out just yet. They would like pitching. They would like to add there. The Phillies would love to add pitching, but what's their limit? How desperate are they? Do they have a confidence level level and Wheeler return in a year from now? So all these questions go for all these different teams, but it goes without saying, usually money talks, but if the money isn't significant of a gap from one to the next, 
that's where I could very well see a Yankees, a Dodgers being favored if those preferences end up being those X factors. I have, I have a question for the Mets, and yeah. I actually genuinely actually am curious about this. Yeah. Do you personally think if he goes to the Mets – now, obviously, we don't know him. We don't know what he's thinking. Do you think there could be a possibility that he feels like he's overshadowing Senga a little bit? I, I don't foresee that only because Senga has been very vocal both to Mets front office and to media in Japan, how much he wants to be teammates with him. Uh, you know, it's a very different situation than, say, the Dodgers because Yamamoto would know very well his entire career would be overshadowed by Otani, you know, and then Betts and Freeman to varying degrees, right? So I, I wouldn't foresee that to be the case, but I also can't speak on his behalf. Your guess is as good as mine at that point. But if we're just doing the numbers game, Yamamoto, what he's done at the MPB level, Singa's very aware of that. I think Senga would have no problem kind of put going to the passenger seat and saying, all right, you're the head honcho in this rotation. Let's just go and carve up batters for the next number of years. So that's where it, I would imagine things would be. In New York, like this past year, how much do you think Senga grew in terms of like a star? Like do you like a lot. I, I'm not in New York. I don't I don't know. So like when you go when you walk around Queens, is there like Kadai Senga stuff all over the place? They're they're I quickly noticed because I went to three or four Sanga starts this past season and they were all masterful. He didn't pitch bad in one. It was like his best starts all throughout the year. Mm. And each start, there was a larger contingency of either Japanese or just Asian descent as a whole. Saw mm. a boatload of Kodai Sanga jerseys as the year was going on. So clearly there's attraction and a fandom being built there. And I could tell you one thing. We're not just talking, you know, Japanese, you know, Chinese, Korean, you know, whatever descent you are. A couple of years ago, I went to a Korean night. It was between the Blue Jays and the Mets uh, with Hanjun Ryu on the mound um, against the Mets in City Field. So many Hanjun Ryu jerseys blew my mind the mm -hmm. amount that we saw. So to kind of give you an idea on how quickly things could gain traction, should you not have one Japanese player that's star level, but another that's already being deemed a Cy Young favorite before the guys even tow the rumber at MLB level, yeah, there's. I definitely think things would bode well there. And again, flushing in itself is a very appealing area for someone like Senga, and I'm sure would be the case for Yoshinobu Yamamoto as well. Is it is it as pretty as you know going to some other parts? Of course not, but still, I think that there is a bit to be excited and intrigued by if you're Yamamoto and you look at the prospect of playing with Senga in this rotation. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I don't see it going any other way than one of those three teams, Dodgers, Yankees, or Mets. I I I know the Red Sox could be a player. The Phillies could be a player. Giants, uh, maybe the Blue Jays. But I feel like it's – I just feel like it's going to come down to one of those three, and a lot of it has to do with circumstance and, and the situation the teams are in. Boston – feels like they're a team that is is trying they're, they're trying to get back to that spot and but the Dodgers the Yankees they're in that spot and the Mets coming off of last year such a disappointment they were in that spot last year and they don't want to leave that spot the Red Sox are trying to get back 
The Blue Jays are trying to get there. The Giants have a city problem, and I do think that is real. Um, and I'm I'm not here to start talking trash about San Francisco. Those that live in and around San Francisco, they know for themselves. And this goes beyond San Fran too, but they're right. just one of the more prominent cities in which San Francisco outside issues. San Francisco is really bad post pandemic. Um, it has really gotten bad. It's 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 kind of disgustingly bad. So there's if you if you bring in your if you bring in your family in again i'm not i don't want to i'm not going to go into the whole i'm not i don't i'm not here to trash san francisco but i just i think that will be a hurdle when you have everything else on the table can you overcome that hurdle it's out there that farhan's going to give him whatever he wants so i mean 400 million dollars come to san francisco we'll clean up the streets we'll get the homeless into shelters we'll get the shit off the streets we'll do all these we'll, we'll open stuff up we'll we'll bring the We'll, we'll bring what the hell's the the healthy fresh grocery store? Oh my god, got? Jim, you might as well be running for office in San Fran because you're giving us <laughs> a whole is, lot of nothing. Mayor Riley, <laughs> I'm coming. I'm politics. bringing Yamamoto with False me. False promises. I've heard this before. There you go. <laughs> I, it seems like it comes down to those three because on top of the the hurdles that those teams have or the situations they're in, again, the Yankees are in World Series or bust mode. This is one year guaranteed with Juan Soto, so you got to push hard. The Dodgers are in a spot where you've got Otani. You're trying to build this super team. Bueller is probably gone at the end of this season. Uh, the Kershaw, again, if he comes back, this will be his last ride. You're trying to build. You're trying to get over that. It, it, look, I, I keep saying it on my live streams. The Dodgers and Yankees are in World Series or bust mode every single year. And for the last several years, they've been busting. So what are they going to do? They They want to go get better. So there's a desire there and they have the money and they have the assets to go and do it. And then the Mets, it's because of Steve Cohen. I'll be honest. If Steve Cohen was that involved, I would not put the Mets in my final three. If it was a Lopons, I wouldn't, I would have stopped talking about him two months ago. (laughs) So he, you've got a, you've got the owner there that can go out there. And if it comes down to the highest bidder, Steve can just keep going up if he really wants him. So feels like it comes down to those three. Um, We can Go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. I was going to say, however, it's not just Steve Cohen anymore. It's also David Stearns. Now, Wardy, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. Sure. From an owner point of view, because Steve Cohen, it's not just about the money. He's a good businessman, and he Mm -hmm. understands there's a a personal part to it, too. Do you feel like, and maybe I'm just overthinking here. Maybe I'm over-speculating, but do you feel like he would be... I, I downplaying David Stern's role in that process. Like, cause I know with David Stern's, he's coming from a small market. Yep. He's had to really look very highly on high value moves at low costs right now. This is different, but I just wonder the Stern's have a certain limit. And if it gets, if it starts getting too juicy, do you think Steve mm-hmm. Cohen just says, no, we're going to do it because this guy is also in his first year. I don't know. I just right. wonder, it's could there question. be maybe some, you know, you know, step, I know it's obviously Cohen's it's his, it's his playhouse, right? But how much involvement does he have? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, and st- he brought in David Stearns for obvious reasons, right? Yep. More focus on player development. Not, it's not just about landing the big guys right he want he brought david Sturds in to also make good long-term moves for the organization as well so to me when these guys and they've been 
throwing blank checks at Scherzer and Verlander and Marte and like, you know, extension with Lindor. It's like, when does it stop? I guess. And so, yeah, maybe Yamamoto is the last one. I just wonder if there's something there where Stearns and him, they're sitting down. Yeah, they went to Japan. They got an idea of a number. But part of me thinks Stearns is like, man, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth going over like 340 for this guy. Like, that's really risky. And Steve Cohen, we can sit here and say, yeah, he's a billionaire. He became a billionaire by making good business moves. Yes. And he's not just exactly. going to throw money around like crazy. Like it's it, people need to remember that right now. Maybe I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting the Mets chances. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm doing this with all the teams, right? I'm looking at things that could hold them back. Do you think that could be something? I, so it's fascinating when you evaluate how much impact Cohen has, because it varies on the player that they pursued. I've, I've noticed from recent years, like, let me put it this way. Um, the Mets landing Max Scherzer was not because of solely Billy Epler, right? It was, Steve putting the foot down and saying, I'm going to give him more money on the table than anyone's even going to sniff the idea of. And that's what's going to happen. At least 10 to 20 mil over whatever it ended up being. And then you look at Verlander, similar situation. What did Cohen learn is that the Mets tried the short-term filler for an organization in so much disarray and it did not work. It's something that historically has never worked to headline rotation like that. And they learned, they went through those trials and tribulations. Now, some key factors as to why Stearns was brought in is headlined by the great success he had as assistant GM of Houston. And of course, everything he did in Milwaukee, but it was also understanding how to properly build a structure to have sustained success for multiple years on end. Cohen idolizes the Dodgers has since day one. He even tried buying the Dodgers over a decade ago. So you know that he very much loves the idea of having that Dodgers philosophy where you build a great farm, uh, but you're still spending every offseason. But to what degree? You can be willing to part ways with some uh, talent because, you know, you have young guys up and ready to step up each and every year. Like, that's what they're trying to build here. And Cohen's very wary of that. But I'll say this. Steve Cohen is still Steve Cohen at the end of the day. When he wants something, he's going to do everything he can to land him. So as soon as he found out last offseason, that Carlos Correa was made available, that that trade looked like it was starting to fall, the signing was looking like it was starting to fall through. Steve said, all right, let me just go an additional 20, 30, 40 mil, and let's get this thing done. Of course, it fell through, and thank God for that. You know, in hindsight, there are obvious reasons as to why it did. But with Yamamoto, with the certainty, with how everything looks great from not only a health perspective, an age perspective, all these things, you have to imagine that Cohen has some significant pull here. But he's letting Yamamoto be in the driver of the ship. He's not pushing him aside like Artem Marino did with Epler and the uh, sweepstakes to land the Wheelers and the Coles. And because Billy Epler's whole mindset was, and he got a bad rap in LA, he wanted to pursue pitching the, the ensuing year after and to hold on to those dollars. But Artem Marino pushed him aside and said, no, we have to make a splash for our fans. Give me Anthony Rendon. It was quickly become one of the worst contracts in baseball's history, right? So I do think there's involvement. To what degree we'll find out. I will say this, Stern's the point in bringing him in is to not only help bring structure, but to let things not get too irrational, if that makes sense. I don't want to call it a babysitter because Stern's is a diehard Mets fan too. So I also know he's going to operate differently than he has in years past. It's not going to be the same mindset as much as he may indicate it is. There will be some fandom involved. It's just a matter to what degree. 